Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening. Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight, we have a great show planned. We're going to be doing a wrap-up on our series, Help, I'm in a Crisis, What Do I Do? And tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about PTSD, something that you might not think about, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, especially in honor of Memorial Day, where we're going to be celebrating Memorial Day tomorrow, which is to honor and pay respect to those that have laid their lives down in the military uh, for our freedoms here in the United States. And so many of our military and veterans deal with PTSD, uh, not just exclusively veterans or military. Uh, Of course, uh, PTSD can uh, strike anyone that has had trauma in their life. So tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that as we wrap up. And then we have in our last segment of our program tonight, a special on Memorial Day. We'll be bringing a special patriotic speech by President Ronald Reagan and a little more information on the Tomb of the Unknown in Arlington Cemetery. And closing the program tonight with a beautiful song uh, by the United States Air Force Band vocalists. These are veterans. And Lee Greenwood, they'll be performing a cappella, God Bless the USA. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say I'm at home with family and friends. Welcome back. This is Thoughts from Home. People who live through a traumatic event sometimes suffer its effects long after the real danger has passed. This is called post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. While PTSD is often associated with combat veterans, any survivor of a natural disaster, physical abuse, or other traumatic events may suffer from it. The good news is that with professional help, PTSD is treatable. But the first steps in getting help are learning the risk factors and recognizing the symptoms and understanding the treatment options. Knowing the risk factors, well, there are several factors that play a role in developing PTSD, such as individual personality, severity of the event, proximity to the event, the people involved in the event, and the duration of the trauma and the amount of support the person receives afterwards. You may be at a higher risk if you were directly involved in the traumatic event, were injured or had a near-death experience, survived an especially long-lasting or severe traumatic event, truly believed your life or that of someone else around you was in danger, had a strong emotional or physical reaction during the event, received little or no support following the event, and have multiple other sources of stress in your life. Recognizing the symptoms is key. Just as individual reactions to trauma vary, PTSD symptoms also differ from person to person. Symptoms may appear immediately after a traumatic event, or they may appear weeks, months, or even years later. Although the symptoms of a typical stress reaction can resemble those of PTSD, true PTSD symptoms continue for a prolonged time period and often interfere with a person's daily routines and commitments. While only a trained medical professional can diagnose PTSD, possible signs of the disorder include re-experiencing trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder frequently includes flashbacks or moments in which the person relives the initial traumatic event or re-experiences the intense feelings of fear that surrounded it. 
avoidance, and numbness. As a result of flashbacks or other negative feelings, people suffering from PTSD may avoid conversations or situations that remind them of the frightening event they survived. Hyperarousal, feeling constantly on edge, feeling irritable, and having difficulty sleeping or concentrating are all possible signs of post-traumatic stress disorder. Children can also suffer from PTSD. In children, PTSD symptoms may differ from those seen in adults and may include trouble sleeping, acting out, or regression in toilet training, speech, or behavior. Parents of children with PTSD may notice that the children's artwork and pretend play involves dark or violent themes or details. Understanding the treatment options is important. Even suspecting you have PTSD is reason enough to get a professional opinion, especially when free help is available around the clock to service members and their families. If you're not sure whom to talk to, start with any of the following. Military treatment facilities or covered services. You can locate the nearest military treatment facility and covered services in the civilian community near you through the TRICARE website. Your health care provider. If you receive health care in the community through a civilian provider, you can start by talking to your doctor. Local Department of Veterans Affairs Hospital. If you are eligible to receive care through a VA hospital or clinic, find the nearest facility through the Veterans Health Administration website. A military crisis line. If you or anyone you know ever experience thoughts of suicide, call the military crisis line at one 800 273 8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. The Military Crisis Line staff can connect you with the mental health support and crisis counseling services for a wide range of issues. Remember, you're not alone. Free help is available 24-7 to service members and their families. Seeking help is a sign of strength that helps to protect your loved ones, your career, and your mental and physical health. This has been Thoughts from Home. Stay tuned for more of At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationship. Well, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where tonight we are wrapping up our series on help. I'm in a crisis. What do I do? Our disorder, and uh, we're going to be visiting with um, a guest. And joining me tonight on the program is my wonderful husband, Rudy Rule. Hello, Debbie. How are you tonight? And and joining us tonight is Olive Harrison, and she is the executive director of the McCullough County Resource Center. Good evening, Olive. Good afternoon. How are you today? Well, I'm doing wonderful. It's good to be with you tonight, and I just wanted to invite you to be on the show tonight because we're talking about, or we have been the past few weeks, on crisis help i'm in a crisis what can i do and that is right up your alley right it is up my alley <laughs> well first of all we have an organization here which is a nonprofit called mccullough county resource center we originally were uh, the front office for the brady clergy association called good samaritan and then the helping hands we merged together to make mccullough county resource center uh, we have many programs going on at our our center, and we would like to share it with the community, everything that um, that we provide out there. Good. And so some of those programs that you do have that are under your roof there that you partner with and work with to meet uh, the needs of our community are? 
We have, of course, the, the resource center that we ourselves do, which takes care of urgent care and urgent immediate needs. We have the Salvation Army, who has also the immediate urgent needs. We have Cornerstone Community Action Agency, which does long-term needs. We have programs for veterans, um, several different programs for veterans, and we are advocates for veterans. Um, we have uh, a food bank, which is a resource, a huge food bank, which we distribute twice a month, the first and third Saturdays. And we have programs that we do throughout the month in our activity center. We also have events that the community can, can uh, use the facility for their events. Okay. And on Mondays and Wednesdays, you have what you call coffee and chat. Yes, Tell ma'am. us a little bit about that and what time it starts. And okay. Coffee and chat actually starts about 945 in the morning till 11 o'clock. We have programs coming in like um, West Texas Rehab, Hospice, San Angelo Hospice, uh, The Haven, Carter he- Home Health. Um, we have um, the Wesley Nurse, and when we have Texas AgriLife come in, they do short little programs, explain what they provide, what resources they have. They do nutrition, they do wellness checks, and um, they just try to inform the community and the public as to what they're about. And uh, one good thing about having coffee and chat is you do have uh, organizations that are coming in and bringing their information, Mm -hmm. but it's also a place where you can just come in and fellowship. Uh, You have games available. It's just time to uh, be together. If you want a place where you can come hang out for a little bit, you can also receive information, but it's also a place where you can just go sit down and have a cup of coffee. Right. We encourage the community, um, any age, to come out and have coffee and a and um, snack, visit with one another. We do have games throughout the month where we play bingo, skip bow, dominoes. Uh, we love for you to come out, sit and visit, and have a good time. Okay. And do you provide, uh, you have Wi-Fi there. We so do. if someone's needing Wi-Fi, this would be a good time for them to be able to go up and, mm-hmm. and use the Wi-Fi. What about computers? Is there any help with uh, maybe something, somebody needs to look up something on a computer or... Well, what we do right now is we actually try and help them or we get somebody to help them if they're needing help with uh, something on the computer. We are working on a computer lab right now. Awesome. And hope to see that in the near future, very near future. Good. Well, with a organization, just as you said, that it was the Good Samaritan and the Helping Hands that merged mm-hmm. together, and now it is called the McCullough County Resource Center. So Helping Hands and the Good Samaritan no longer exist, but it is now bigger than it ever could have been mm-hmm. because it's merged together. And uh, at the McCullough County Resource Center, of course, partnering with the uh, Salvation Army and the Clergy Association, it is uh the Salvation Army is officing out of that building, but they are separate entities. And the Brady Clergy Association, of course, is a separate entity as well. And uh, so, uh, and I'm just excited to say that I'll be officing out there as well with at-home success coaching, which is something that we just kicked off to be able to help meet the needs of the community uh, with different programs and uh, coaching sessions. If you have some things in life that you just need to work through. A lot of the topics that we talk about on our program here at Home with Debbie Rule will just kind of be expanding that where we can do some one-on-one 
uh, chatting with you to help you kind of get on the right track. Maybe you've kind of veered off a little bit, or maybe there's been some detours there that have kept you from accomplishing all the goals you want to accomplish. We can certainly help you do that with at home success coaching. And so we are very excited about being a part of that as well. And we're going to, um, be starting Celebrate Recovery soon, and we'll be getting, be getting out more information on that. And part of Celebrate Recovery is a program called Welcome Home Veterans. And uh, we hope to be having a group for our veterans as well to complement what you're already doing for uh, veterans at the Resource Center, which kind of give us an idea of what you're doing for veterans. Well, we have Cornerstone Community Action Agency, and they actually have financial assistance for veterans. Um, you would just come out and visit with um, our, our uh, the agent for Cornerstone, and they uh, see what your need is. And then we have another program. It's not based in McCullough County. It's another resource outside of the county, but it's a, a government program. And so there's more resources there. We also advocate with the Veterans Administration for Veterans. If they need help getting information or whatever, we try to help them with that. But um, we would love to see veterans come out, and we'd love to help them. That's good. We have uh, Memorial Day, which will be tomorrow, May 31st. Memorial Day is coming up, and that's a time where we can honor and uh, just pay our respects to those that have laid their lives down for our freedom here in the United States. And freedom does come at a cost, and it has uh, definitely cost some their lives. And I've heard say the lives that they had and the lives that they were to live. Uh, so they have sacrificed that, men and women uh, all over this country that have stepped up to fight for our freedoms. And so we certainly want to appreciate that and pay our respects to them, uh, for they have died for the cause. And I love that the McCullough County Resource Center is helping veterans because I feel like there uh, needs to be a lot of support for veterans if they have stepped out to um, take that oath and to lay their lives down as our police officers and um other first responders do as well every day. Uh, there needs to be a sense of appreciation for those Absolutely. people that do that. And when they come back, uh, sometimes they need extra help. And as we've talked about in opening comments, uh, PTSD is certainly a real issue that people deal with, not only veterans uh, and military, but people that have experienced any type of trauma uh, can have a form of mm -hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's something that can really um, be harmful to a person, but also to those that are around mm -hmm. them. So resources are needed to be able to meet the needs of uh, these families that are coming and just need, whether it is counseling or whether they do need resources financially, or maybe they just need to be led in the right direction of where they can right. go to get right. the help that they need. And that's one thing that the Resource Center um, is doing. And that's what I love is that you're wanting to put everything under one roof where people can come. And if this organization cannot help you, then we will try to find another organization exactly. that can meet your needs because it takes all of us yes. walking together to be able to meet the needs of the community. Not yes. one organization can do that, not financially or in any other way. And so when we partner together, we're able to meet so many more needs. Yes. And I think that's the vision of the Resource it Center is, yes, is to be able to come together, work with uh, different organizations to meet the needs of the community and the surrounding communities. And you also partner with the Haven Family Shelter here, work closely with them, and uh, any other organizations that maybe are not under the roof of the McCullough County Resource, but that you work with. 
Well, we have um, we have a few that I'm sorry, we have a few that uh, we work throughout the year with mm -hmm. uh, where mm -hmm. we resource to like uh, the uh, Texas Department of Health Human Services. Yes, the Health Department. Um, AgriLife, uh, Justice of the Peace. We we have a community service program that we provide out there as well for volunteers. Mm -hmm. uh, we are a volunteer-driven organization, and um, it is also uh, where we can get community service people, and then they come back and help us on their own. You know, yes. so it it's uh, it's good for them, and and so we have quite a few different programs in in um, state, local, and federal government programs. Yes. And I love that, um, that full circle, mm -hmm. you know, when somebody is in need and we step out and we give a lending hand and we help them be able to get through that crisis or right. whatever it is that they're going through, and then they become strong and healthy again, then they can come back around and they can give to somebody else. Yes. Uh, and they can do that by volunteering at the McCullough County yes. Resource mm -hmm. Center. And, you know, being a volunteer is uh, so crucial to organizations like this because they yes. just cannot function without volunteers. No. There are not the resources to pay uh, paid employees to do everything. And so the success of an organization a lot of times is the base of volunteers that are willing to step up and provide their time and their talents and just meet with people. Real quickly, I will add one of our big programs that we have is McCullough Mercantile. Yes. And it is um, our thrift store, our resale store at where the mm -hmm. old library was. We were deeded that property. And it is a it is a big success. We have people where we provide clothing, uh, kitchenware, home decor, household goods for people who uh, need a lower income, who have a, need a lower income. Yes. But it's serving a purpose in this um, community where um, people are able to not only volunteer, but they also donate, and um, we can provide that with our for our community. So we're excited yeah. about that. Yes. So there was a resale shop uh, that was part of Helping Hands yes. that was on the property at 906 East 11th Street, yes. mm -hmm. and now that is no longer no. Uh, because we are the McCullough County Resource Center, and so now what has happened is that has gotten bigger and better <laughs> uh, because, of course, more space uh, more at space. the um, Old Richards Memorial Library, but there are, like uh, Olive said, clothing, furniture items, other household items, uh, any anything that you could probably think of, you can find mm -hmm. in the mercantile for every age. For every age. And uh, I know at one point they were doing some specials every day we for were. certain things. So go out and see what's uh, available and what specials they have. They have some really neat things that are going on there to give you some incentive to buy. And also, if you're looking for a place to donate, uh, that's a great place to donate your items. Just be sure that they're in good condition, gently used, um, gently used because we want people to be able to purchase things that they they will be able to use mm -hmm. and uh, but a great opportunity and if you would like to volunteer uh, also contacting the McCullough County Resource Center and give us that phone number it is um, 325-597-2646 okay and so. the store the mercantile is 325-597-1455 Okay. And would they call the store directly if they want to volunteer, or do they contact the Resource Center? Call Resource Center because my program and volunteer director is out there. 
Okay. She handles all of that. And she would be putting that schedule together. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So a wonderful opportunity for you to meet the needs of our community by volunteering and also by donating items. Uh, I know that I have donated several items out there, and uh, it was a real blessing to me to be able to give. And, you know, I I just think sometimes we have this misconception of, uh, you know, you have to be... um, a lower income or whatever to go out there and shop. You know, I find it very interesting to go out and to shop at places like this because there's so many unique items and it doesn't really matter what your income level is. You can always find a treasure (laughs) at the mercantile. And it is affordable pricing. Yes. Um, It's very affordable for anyone. Yes, for anyone. Olive, where do the profits and the donations go? Um, all Everything after our overhead goes back into the community through urgent care or food pantry. Okay. And all of the, uh, of course, you're a nonprofit, so you accept donations at the Resource Center, monetary donations. We do, to help, absolutely. To help um, meet the needs of our community. And that, again, is tax deductible because you are a nonprofit organization. So if you're looking at a place where you have a little extra money, maybe that stimulus check came and you didn't quite need it that much, uh, but you want to give it to a good cause, the McCulloch County Resource Center would be a great place where you could donate because they help the needs of our community in so many different areas and again if there is an organization that they think might be able to help you and maybe it just doesn't meet all of that need they will find another organization that will help balance that out and provide the uh, full resources that you need the best that they can of course we can't always meet everybody's needs but uh, we do try um, very hard to to meet the needs of those individuals that come and need services. And anything else you want to close with before we go to a break? Well, um, I want to add that my the Resource Center is open at 9 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. Our food pantry is uh, any day you can come, and, and if you're absolutely needing food, you come talk to us. We'll fi- figure out what we can do for you. But our uh, drive through distribution is uh, from 10 to 12 on the first and third Saturdays. Our store is open from 10 to 5, Monday through Friday, and the first Saturday from 10 to 2, uh, first Saturday of the month from 10 to 2. Okay. So food distribution is out at the Resource Center, which Mm -hmm. is 906 East 11th Street here Mm -hmm. in Brady Mm -hmm. on the first and third Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon. Uh, The Mercantile is open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and then 10 to 5. 10 to 5, 10 to 5, and then on Saturdays, uh, the first Saturday of every month, mm-hmm. they are open from 10 to 2. Mm-hmm. Yes, and ma'am. so an opportunity for you to be a- able to receive uh, food if you're in need or if you know someone that's in need, uh, please send them to the Resource Center because a lot of times people are in need and they don't really say. But maybe you're a close friend or a relative and you see someone struggling, this is a great number to put in their hand and say, I know a place where you can go and they can help you with some resources for you to be able to get back on your feet and for you to be able to um, move forward through this crisis that you may be enduring right now. And the McCullough County Resource Center is certainly that place. So 597-2646, that's 325-597-2646. And again, the number for the Mercantile store is 597-1455. 
That's right. And if you're looking to volunteer, they will put you to work. And I'll tell you what, you'll be helping um, a lot of people in our community. So if you have a heart to volunteer and you've got some time on your hand or you've got some extra resources, monetary resources that you would like to donate, it certainly would be put to good use. It stays right here in our county to help the people of our county. It's not being distributed out somewhere and uh, within the state or nationally. It is distributed right here in our county to help our communities. And of course, with other resources, uh, we do help other counties as well. Well, Olive, I know that you have some programs for senior citizens. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yes, we do. We have what is called a senior program for a trainee program through AARP. And right now we have three trainees that are training in our facility. And they get to train for a certain amount of time, and then that helps them go out into the community to other jobs. And it also supplements their income. Wow. All right. And we also are the, the uh, host agency for another senior companion program through Concho Valley Council of Governments. And that they also pay you. Uh, it's not a lot of money, but it is uh, uh, adds to their income. You have to be yes. 55. You can go and sit with people, help them, read to them, watch TV with them. Um, small things, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that helps that person not be alone all day long. That is wonderful because, you know, as we age and we lose family members or family members live Mm -hmm. further away, Mm -hmm. uh, we do find ourselves alone Mm -hmm. as the elderly, and that can be a very lonely place. So what a wonderful program for people to be able to come and volunteer and just be with someone that really needs relationship well on the on the other side of that senior companion program we have called foster grandparenting Mm -hmm. which means you can grant you can foster a child in school and help them with their schoolwork at school wow and it's not bringing them into your home it's actually working with them at school and it's called foster grandparenting Wow. Well, that is a wonderful program. I look forward to hearing more about that. I think that that is something that I think is just well needed. And I believe that uh, we could learn a little bit more about that program and other programs that the McCulloch County Resource Center has to offer. Well, I am so excited about what the future has. You know, I'm very excited. The Resource Center had an open house uh, just recently, and it was quite successful. Tell us a little bit about what you did that day. Well, we had um, our grand opening. It was from 11 to 1. We had about 200 people came out. We offered hamburgers and hot dogs. We had our Salvation Army Disaster Service Unit trailer there. We showed the people what they, uh, the first responders and we do to feed the first responders and the firefighters during a disaster. Yes. Okay, we have 15 people certified to go to a disaster if they need to. And then we had a tour through our facility to show our new offices, our um, coffee and chat room, and our um, activity room where we have uh, life skill classes, counseling classes, events, uh, meetings. And so everybody got to see the new um upgrade so to speak yes, and the redecorating yes. and help mm-hmm. that and everybody loved it so we were super excited they got to see the food pantry 
-hmm. It's quite large and Mm -hmm. it's quite busy. So it was a very exciting day. Had music going? Yes. Well, you know, it's always exciting when you start something and you just see how it can grow. And I love to just say how God can take a seed and just really grow it. And I just see it taking on all kinds of um, different um, aspects that are coming in and growing that that uh, organization and so if you have an opportunity to stop by maybe you couldn't make it to the open house uh, stop by 906 east 11th street during the hours of operation which nine to three monday through friday might be good for you to call 597-2646 and just let them know that you'd like to come out and look around and mm-hmm. and see what you've done out there and see if there's anything that the, it, you know if you want to help uh, that would be a good opportunity for you to be able to go out and look around and maybe just give your name uh, where you could volunteer and where you might fit. Olive, I appreciate you so much for being with me tonight. And I know that we're going to do this again because as the need arises and as uh, things are developing and new things are coming uh, into play at the Resource Center, we certainly want to keep our community uh, aware of the new things that are coming. But McCullough County Resource Center, 906 East 11th Street, go by and check it out. I know that you will not be disappointed. And if you are looking for a place to volunteer, the Resource Center and the Mercantile would be an awesome place for you to be able to volunteer. If you have a heart or desire to serve our community, there's a place at the Resource Center that you can do that. We want to thank you so much again, Olive, for being with us. I was glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. We're going to be right back. We'll take a short break and more of At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. We'll be back. Why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. And they say if we'll only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. All who oppose them are indicted as warmongers. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer. Not an easy answer, but simple. If you and I have the courage to tell our elected officials that we want our national policy based on what we know in our hearts is morally right, we cannot buy our security, our freedom from the threat of the bomb by committing an immorality so great as saying to a billion human beings now enslaved behind the Iron Curtain, give up your dreams of freedom because to save our own skins, we're willing to make a deal with your slave masters. Alexander Hamilton said, a nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace and you can have it in the next second, surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives no choice between peace and war. 
only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we are retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday, when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side, he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better read than dead, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is the meaning in the phrase of Barry Goldwater, peace through strength. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. And he said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step in a thousand years of darkness. He has faith that you and I have the ability and the dignity and the right to make our own decisions and determine our own destiny. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. On the far shore, the sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellowood. The Argonne. Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam.
Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small-town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. The crisis we are facing today does not require of us the kind of sacrifice that Martin Treptow and so many thousands of others were called upon to make. It does require, however, our best effort and our willingness to believe in ourselves and to believe in our capacity to perform great deeds, to believe that together, with God's help, we can and will resolve the problems which now confront us. And after all, why shouldn't we believe that? We are Americans. God bless you and thank you. Thank you very much. Memorial Day is a day of ceremonies and speeches. Throughout America today, we honor the dead of our wars. We recall their valor and their sacrifices. We remember they gave their lives so that others might live. We're also gathered here for a special event, the national funeral for an unknown soldier who will today join the heroes of three other wars. When he spoke at a ceremony at Gettysburg in 1863, President Lincoln reminded us that through their deeds, the dead had spoken more eloquently for themselves than any of the living ever could, and that we living could only honor them by rededicating ourselves to the cause for which they so willingly gave a last full measure of devotion. Ronald Reagan. Not every soldier is recognized for his heroic actions. Indeed, one of the countless tragedies of war is that the bodies of many soldiers are never even identified. On August 3rd, 
1956, three years after the end of the Korean War, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed a bill to select and pay tribute to the unknown soldiers of the Korean War and World War II. These soldiers would be buried in the Tomb of the Unknowns at Arlington National Cemetery. The Tomb of the Unknowns was created in response to the mass casualties of World War I. The idea of honoring the unknown dead, of which there were so many in World War I, began in Great Britain in 1920. Then, in March 1921, the U.S. Congress approved a plan to return the body of an unknown American soldier from the war and bury him with full honors in a tomb to be constructed at the Memorial Amphitheater in Arlington National Cemetery. On Memorial Day, 1921, four unknown soldiers were exhumed from four World War I American cemeteries in France. They were placed in four identical caskets and set before a highly decorated veteran of that war, U.S. Army Sergeant Edward F. Younger. Sergeant Younger ceremonially selected one casket. He later spoke of his decision. I was left alone in the chapel. There were four coffins, all unmarked and unnamed. The one that I placed the roses on would be the one brought home and placed in the National Shrine. I walked around the coffins three times. Then suddenly I stopped. What caused me to stop, I don't know. It was as though something had pulled me. I placed the roses on the coffin in front of me. I can still remember the odd feeling that I had standing there alone. The chosen unknown was transported to the United States aboard the USS Olympia. Those remaining were interred in the Meuse-Argonne Cemetery, France. The selected unknown lay in state at the Capitol Rotunda until midnight on November 10th, 1921. On November 11th, Armistice Day, the casket of that unknown soldier was carried from the Rotunda to Arlington National Cemetery under a military escort. Behind the caisson bearing the flag-draped casket walked President Harding, Vice President Coolidge, Chief Justice Taft, and the other justices of the Supreme Court. Members of the Cabinet, Senate, and House of Representatives, generals and other distinguished officers from America's wars and recipients of the Medal of Honor. President Harding officiated at the interment ceremonies at the Memorial Amphitheater at Arlington National Cemetery. He conferred upon the unknown soldier the Medal of Honor and the Distinguished Service Cross. Representatives of foreign governments allied with the U.S. in World War I participated as well, bestowing upon the unknown their own highest military awards. The United States reciprocated this gesture, honoring an unknown soldier from nations of France, Great Britain, Belgium, Italy, and Romania with the Medal of Honor. In the history of the Medal of Honor, these are the only five instances in which the award was presented to a foreign soldier. 
After World War II, plans were made for the selection and burial of an unknown from that war. But fighting in Korea broke out before the selection process had begun, and the decision was made to postpone until a more appropriate time. That time turned out to be 1958, when unknowns from World War II and the Korean War were selected for burial in the Tomb of the Unknowns. The final selection of the unknown from the Korean War took place on May 15, 1958. All of the unknown war dead from that war had been buried in the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific. In that place, four candidates for burial in the Tomb of the Unknowns were placed in identical caskets draped with American flags. Master Sergeant Ned Lyle, a recipient of the Distinguished Service Cross for heroic action in Korea, was designated to make the final selection. He placed a wreath of blue and white carnations on one casket and saluted the remains of the soldier inside. The selection of the World War II unknown took place 11 days later aboard the USS Canberra. Earlier stages of the selection process had resulted in one remaining candidate from the European Theater of Operations and one candidate from the Pacific Theater. Hospital Corpsman First Class William R. Charette, recipient of the Medal of Honor for Actions in the Korean War, made the final selection. The selected unknown, along with the unknown from the Korean War, arrived in Washington on May 28th. 1958. They lay in state in the Capitol Rotunda until 1 p.m. on May 30th. As the procession moved toward Arlington National Cemetery, the two caissons, each carrying one unknown, traveled side by side. When they reached the cemetery, they shifted into a column led by the caisson bearing the World War II unknown soldier. As the caissons entered the cemetery, 20 jet fighters and bombers passed overhead with one plane missing from each formation. The casket of the World War II unknown soldier was placed in front of President Eisenhower and the Korean War unknown soldier in front of Vice President Nixon. The Marine Band played the national anthem and then a bugler sounded attention three times. After a long moment of silence, President Eisenhower placed a Medal of Honor on each casket. The unknowns of World War II and the Korean War were interred in the plaza beside their World War I comrade. The tomb sarcophagus was placed above the grave of the unknown soldier of World War I in April 1931. The sarcophagus is constructed of seven rectangular pieces of white marble, together weighing 79 tons. On the west panel of the sarcophagus, facing the amphitheater, are the words, Here rests, in honored glory, an American soldier known but to God. On the east panel, facing the capital, three Greek figures have been sculpted. On the left stands Peace, holding a dove in one hand. 
On the right stands Valor, bearing a broken sword in his hands. In the center stands Victory, holding hands with peace while extending an olive branch to Valor. The north and south panels present a total of six inverted wreaths, each representing a major campaign of World War I. West of the sarcophagus are the crypts of unknowns from World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. Those three graves are marked with white marble slabs that lie flush with the plaza. Since April 6, 1948, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier has been guarded 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, regardless of weather. In blazing sun, freezing snow, and even in the face of hurricanes, the Sentinels continue their watch. The Sentinels, members of the 3rd Infantry, or Old Guard, are famous for the precision of their march and changing of the guard. My dedication to this sacred duty is total and wholehearted. In the responsibility bestowed on me, never will I falter. And with dignity and perseverance, my standard will remain perfection. Through the years of diligence and praise, in the discomfort of the elements, I will walk my tour in humble reverence to the best of my ability. It is he who commands the respect I protect, his bravery that made us so proud. Surrounded by well-meaning crowds by day, alone in the thoughtful peace of night, this soldier will in honored glory rest under my eternal vigilance. The Sentinel's Creed. The Sentinel marches 21 steps across a black mat past the crypts of each unknown. He then makes a crisp 90-degree turn to face east for 21 seconds. He then makes another 90-degree turn facing north for 21 seconds. A crisp shoulder-arms movement places the rifle on the shoulder nearest the visitors to signify that the sentinel stands between the tomb and any threat. After that moment, the sentinel paces 21 steps north, turns, and repeats the process. Every hour during the winter and every half hour during summer daylight hours, the sentinels conduct the changing of the guard ceremony. As the new sentinel approaches the relief commander, slowly and with great precision, conducts a white glove inspection of the sentinel's weapon. The two then march to the center of the mat where the active sentinel stops his walk and all three men salute the tomb. The relief commander instructs the active sentinel, pass on your orders. The sentinel replies, post and orders remain as directed. The relieving sentinel responds, orders acknowledged. The relieving sentinel then steps into position at the center of the black mat. The relief commander and relieved sentinel exit and the new sentinel begins his march. The unknown soldiers serve to remind us 
Yet not all actions of valor are witnessed and recorded in war. We do not know the stories of these men, but we know they gave their lives in a war they did not start to protect the freedom of people who would never know their names. They demonstrate the courage and heroism of every man and woman who goes into combat in service of their nation. They will face threats we can hardly imagine in an attempt to eliminate the dangers that are posed to the men in the trench beside them. Their lives ended in places called Bella Wood, Omaha Beach, Salerno, Guadalcanal, the Chosen Reservoir, the jungles of Vietnam, and the deserts and mountains of Iraq and Afghanistan. What they gave us is beyond our power to repay. So, all we can do is remember them. We see them in our minds as old and wise. When most of them were so young. And when they died, they gave up two lives. The one they were living and the one they would have lived. No weapon in the world is more formidable than the will and courage of free men and women. The price for this freedom at times has been high. But we have never been unwilling to pay that price. There are those who say that we are in a time when there are no heroes. They just don't know where to look.
Day. We wish you all a happy Memorial Day tomorrow. Be safe and be blessed. And remember the reason why we celebrate Memorial Day is to bring honor and respect to those that have laid their lives down, those military men and women that have fought for the cause and lost their life to fight for the freedoms that we all enjoy. Thank you so much for being with us tonight and inviting us into your home. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you as we share our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. And I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll see you next week right here at 6 p.m. on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Rule. 
for more insights on home, family, and relationships. Thank you.